welcome to What Would You Say You Do Here? I'm Katie Sally. And I'm Aaron Zerlip. And today we'd uh, like to welcome a special guest. We have CEO of Product School, Carlos Gonzalez de Villa Umbrosia. Uh, Carlos, welcome to What Would You Say You Do Here? I'm so excited to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. We're excited to have you. Absolutely. Yeah, we were, we were very uh, fortunate to get to uh, present a webinar recently for Product School. And uh, Carlos is now uh, returning the favor by, uh, you know, appearing on, on our podcast. And uh, yeah, we're going to use this opportunity to, to talk a little bit more about uh, how he, uh, you know, got the idea for Product School and, and you know, just some of the, the challenges of, of training new PMs that uh, he's encountered um, throughout this journey. So maybe you want to start off just by telling us, you know, how did you get into product management and, and how did that end up, you know, leading to the product school? Totally. That's the key question because I didn't have an easy way in and that's ultimately what inspired me to create a product school just, just to help that next generation of product managers. So I'm originally from Spain. I moved to Silicon Valley 10 years ago because I was in love with technology and with uh, big visionaries. And I just wanted to be one of them, wanted to be part of where, you know, things happen. And I originally started computer science. The problem is that nobody ever told me that I could leverage my technical background in a non-coding way. I was one of those engineers who just didn't want to spend the rest of his life coding. And, and it seemed like that wasn't in the cards for me. So I decided to, to do business school in Silicon Valley, which at that time, that was kind of the closest alternative to, I would say, product management. Obviously, there are no other options. And the funny thing is that in a two-year full-time program, I didn't have a single class on product management or digital marketing, data analytics, UX design, some of the digital skills that a lot of us use on a daily basis. And, and that was fascinating because like, well, I moved continents, spent all my money here because I wanted to work in tech and still this, this is not really solving my problem. And the good thing is that I, I met a lot of other engineers that were thinking business. So it was refreshing to know that I wasn't the only one with that problem, but I also met a lot of other, I would say business folks or people coming from consulting, finance, marketing, and other backgrounds that wanted to work in tech, they wanted to get their hands dirty, but they were feeling a little bit intimidated by not knowing how to code. So here we are, like different groups of people trying to tackle the same problem from different angles. And you know, I continued my career. I started multiple companies, always in education. And ultimately I was like, you know what? I really want to solve my own problem. I want to create a school that I wish I had when I was getting started, which is a hybrid in between engineering and business schools. And I also want to do it in a much more efficient way. So all of the, the trainings that we offer are on weeknights or weekends for professionals this way. People don't have to put their life on hold. And, and I'm a big believer in lifelong learning in general. Yeah, that's amazing. I love I love the the vision that you have there. And I, I love that, you know, even, even down to the smallest detail, like having night classes and having classes on the weekends when people are not working so that they can pursue something either outside of what they're currently doing or even just continuing their education for what they're currently doing. I think that's that's amazing. That's a great goal. Yeah. You know, in, in product management, we, we always say that it's important to fall in love with the problem, not with the solution so much. Yeah. And it's really important to, to really understand the users. And, and I think like when you are the user of your own product, that's a privilege because you always have product market fit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's the, the solution that we've all been looking for. It's just we got to everyone needs to start their own product that is themselves. <laughs> yes, that's that's a really good way to look at it. I like that. 
So Carlos, I was going to ask, uh, what what is your vision for product school? Um, I, I see you offer a number of uh, classes and trainings and some certifications. Um, is is that sort of your end goal, or do you do you want to maybe take it uh, further beyond beyond that? Yeah, we're building the the gold standard in product management training, and we literally started from scratch because there was nothing. And people would tell me, "Well, this is impossible. You cannot teach product management." You have to be a visionary. You need to be born as a product manager. And like, that's not true. You can learn it the same way you can learn anything. And so we, we have a very humble beginning. I was the first instructor and I just found eight passionate students in San Francisco. We rented a conference room and that, that's how we started. Obviously now in a much different position. So after seven years, we became the largest community for product managers with over a million members. And all of the instructors are much better than me. They're product leaders that keep their full-time jobs at amazing companies like Stripe, Airbnb, Google, Facebook, and, and others. And uh, we just want to continue democratizing access to education. In this case, uh, product management education. And the same way, it's very important to help people break into product and get that first job, but also expanding to experienced product managers who want to grow in their careers and become VPs of product, CPOs, and even eventually, CEOs. So, so I guess the sounds like the main goal of product school is to teach you how to be a product manager. Um, I'm very curious because I I have similar thoughts initially when I was looking into like product management uh, certifications and trainings. Was like, hmm, can you really teach this? Uh, like, how how can one really learn this? It seems like so much of what you learn is on the job. But like you said, I mean, if you you can learn anything, like if you can teach someone to to be a developer in a six week boot camp. Certainly, you could teach them to be a product manager. So uh, I'm curious from your perspective, you know, what makes a good product manager and, and how do you go about teaching that? Yeah. So this has evolved a lot because when I started, there was this misconception around, well, you need to be a former software engineer. You need to know how to code in order to be a good product manager. And that's just not true at all. Maybe it was true back in the day because a lot of the tools were fairly technical. But now with this, this no-code movement, where there are a lot of available tools for product managers, we don't have to piggyback off like marketing or design tools. And those tools are very visual, very easy to use. The product managers can focus on adding value to the user. They don't need to have a PhD in data science, or they don't need to know coding or, or data. Obviously, all of those skills are, are cherry on top. So the more you know, the better. But in general, we are seeing a trend where the product manager, it's more user-focused than technology focused and sits in between technology, design, and business. So this macro trend impacts these other areas, not just technology. We see that you don't need an MBA in order to learn business or, or be a good business person. You don't need to be an amazing designer. You just need to be good enough at pretty much everything to be dangerous, to have conversations with the different specialists and unify that vision so everyone can push in the same direction. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. You just have to be good enough at everything to be dangerous. That's that's very well said about product management. Um, and I, I I love what you say about why you started um, the you know product school. That's that's part of the reason that Aaron and I started this podcast is that we were just not finding a lot of resources out there for um, product managers who who wanted to you know grow in in what they were already doing. You know, there's there are resources out there for new product managers or companies looking to set up product uh, departments, but not a whole lot for product managers themselves. So absolutely fascinating. Um, how do you prepare 
future PMs, new PMs to to get into the role of product management if they've never done it before or not really sure what it's about? Well, at a high level, there are two big parts to it. One is you need to learn how to do a job, but you also need to learn how to get the job. It's, it's as important as knowing how to do a job. Absolutely. Yourself. And this is something I struggled with as an engineer. No, I didn't have any single class on public speaking. I wasn't supposed to leave the engineering room. And, and I think it's very important to give that confidence boost to people, regardless of their professional background. So in our project, product manager certification, which is for aspiring PMs, we focus on those two areas. Obviously, we need to make sure that you can deliver that we also need to make sure that you can prepare, you can treat yourself like a product. You can identify opportunities that are a good fit for you. You can know how to answer in a, in a product management way. You can follow up. And, and in a way, this type of mindset applies to a lot of things in life. It's not, obviously it helps you get a job, but it also helps you organize your life, make certain decisions. And in general, just, just approach things with curiosity instead of approaching them from a place of like, I need to know the answer. It's more about, let me bring information together, people together, and together ask the right questions so we can get to the right answer and hopefully we can back it up with data. So once you switch your mindset to, to do that, you can apply to so many different things that it's not like you are faking the interview process just to answer what the recruiter wants. And I think that is the big part of it. There's a lot of content out there about how to hack your resume, how to hack the interview. And for me, there's just a small patch in the entire process. I, I, it's more about creating this type of mindset to people, regardless of, the pro, the, of their background, regardless of their current title. I always tell them that you are much more than what your LinkedIn headline says. You are authorized to position yourself as you want, not as how kind of your current company wants. Yeah. Wow. That makes so much sense. Definitely. Would you say there are any aspects of product management that are difficult to teach? Yes. A lot of them. Because there wasn't, there's not official frameworks for this. So for us, it was really important to gather best practices from some of the product leaders that have been doing this for a while. Because this is not really new. It's just that it's new to a lot of mm -hmm. people. But if you look at incredible companies like Google, Slack, Uber, they have top-notch product teams. They know how to create products that impact millions of people. And in some cases, they have their own schools, like internal schools, they call it APM programs. So we see product school as an agnostic APM school that can democratize this type of access to information. And the best way to do it is by literally taking the same product leaders to teach. I believe that the best teachers are actually not teachers, they are practitioners. So that type of combination where like practitioners can come, share those best practices. And also students are hungry. They're not here because their parents are sending them just to get summer credits are here in some cases paying out of pocket because they want to grow their career. So you put all of these things together, like the energy in the room is, is infectious. And obviously it's impossible to teach absolutely everything that you need in life in two months part-time. But it's such a boost of confidence to kind of take you from zero to one, that then you can then take it from there. Yeah, that makes sense, especially when the definition of, of what a product manager is and does varies so widely, depending on the industry and depending on you know which company you're actually doing it at. So that, that makes sense. We're all learning. I'm, all, I'm always yeah. learning. And if you ask any product manager there, I'm curious to ask you guys, like, what are you learning? I'm sure you're not saying, well, I'm just watching Netflix movies. Like, I'm sure you are always curious. And, and I think that's part of the, the, the spirit that I want to install in people. And once you realize that it is possible, that you can learn whatever you want, then you can take that with you. Yeah, that makes sense. 
So I saw a, a talk that you had given where you uh, defined a product manager by what they are not. And that's uh, actually the first podcast that we had on this show was talking about what is a product manager not. So can you talk a bit about why you think that definition is so hard to agree on? Yeah, when I started product school, there wasn't really that much content out there about product management. I literally had to go to the Wikipedia. And I was like, oh my God, how is it possible that the Wikipedia is defining product management? Like there should be other places, and right? And it sounded pretty much like project management. It was all about, okay, you need to take this project from A to B and manage resources. And I'm like, cool, that's, a, that's part of it. But product, in my view, is it's much more strategic. It impacts the entire organization, not, not just your product team. So um, we went from a place of scarcity where there weren't really that many resources to a place of abundance. Now there are too many resources and a lot of them are really bad. So I think the value now is in curating those resources and giving credibility. So when people out there are trying to learn something, they know that there is a trusted source of truth they can rely on. And for me, I assume that it's impossible to control everything. I don't want to control everything. That's why we created that community and we invite the best product leaders to share some of those best practices. And our job is, is to curate this type of information to make sure it's, it's good. So when you come to product school for any reason, like a book, a report, uh, a job opportunity, or even a question, you know they're going to get access to someone that can help instead of me being the person who's going to give you the answer. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Makes sense. So what would you say is uh, the biggest challenge facing a new pre um, They Maybe they've, they've gone to product school. They, they have a good understanding. They landed their first product job. Uh, what recommendation do you have for them facing that those challenges? <laughs> well, there are so many, right? Because the, what I try to explain a lot of our students of the uh, first program is getting a job is, is just the beginning. Like it's not just, oh, congratulations, you got a PM job. Great. Now let's build, right? Like your goal is not to get the job only. To, your goal is to build something users love. And that is your best resume. Because now at the very beginning, if you don't have a product, we need to help you kind of validate that you can build products. But once you're in the game, now is when the fun starts. So it's really giving people that confidence. First, we equip them with the tools to, so they know how to build. In the, in the program, you are not just you know, reading a book, you're really building. Then we, we equip you with the network because this, is, this can be a lonely journey. And I can't claim to have all the answers. So having access to other peers that can support you along the way, it's really important. And who knows, maybe eventually you are also in a position to help to help others. So I, I said at the beginning that I believe in lifelong um, learning. And I think that this is just a small piece in the, in the entire puzzle. People go out there, use obviously some certifications to, to validate their position in the, in the industry, to, to get access to opportunities. And then once they are in the game, now they continue being part of that community and, and, and learning. There are different programs for experienced PMs, but not just programs. There are other free resources that they can consume. And one of the things I'm personally proud of is that over 90% of the resources that we create are absolutely free for everybody. Yeah, that's huge. That's amazing. I think when we were doing some research before we went on um, to do a webinar with Product School, uh, we were looking through some of the resources and I was just amazed at what all was out there and how much of it was free. It was just it's really, really cool. 
Yeah, and we're we're very big uh, proponents of lifelong learning. Um, we love yep. reading books about product management and uh, blogs and going to conferences. Uh, so, what is your recommendation like uh, for for someone who's already an experienced PM? They have a PM job and they're on that kind of PM journey. Uh, you know, how do you, uh, Carlos, continue to you know grow yourself as a as a product manager? Obviously, you have a lot of responsibilities as CEO also these days. Yeah, it's it's a journey, as you said. So it never it never ends, and I don't think it ever gets any easier either. Uh, so in my case, I like to to block time for learning because what's not on my calendar doesn't exist. And and if we are saying that it is important to invest in ourselves to not become a bottleneck for our teams, then we need to make it a priority. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to happen. Yes, you can always check check your phone, a couple of tweets here and there, but that's not true learning. So also learning is whatever you want to make out of it, by the way. It's not just you need to go to class. Learning for me is also spending time to talk with other product leaders and CEOs. I learn a lot by asking questions. And, and I like to find specific questions. So it's not just I sit down to talk about life. Like usually when you're in a position where you have a specific problem, like creating your product strategy or you're going to launch a new product, you are in a position where you can go deep into something for a very specific period of time. And then for, and then you can switch to the next thing. Like that's actually part of the product management mindset. You're never going to be the best at anything, but you know how to identify certain opportunities, learn enough to be dangerous, and then move on to the next thing. So I apply that type of mindset in my life. So one thing is um, I belong to a couple of P uh, CEO peer groups that are really, really helpful for me. We get together once a month and we're super vulnerable. We talk about feelings. We sometimes don't even talk about work issues. It's more about work-life integration, how we're feeling about growing our families and our teams, what, what's, you know, underlying issues and, and, and feelings and mental models uh, are happening. Um, I also personally take some classes. So last month, I took a course on recurring businesses at Stanford just because I, I'm personally interested in that. But I also like non-business learning. Like I was watching a masterclass uh, literally on, on the other day instead of a Netflix TV show and it was on negotiation and another one was an interior design and honestly I don't know what I'm going to do with it tomorrow but in general I think I will find a way to connect mm -hmm. the dots. But it, it keeps that passion for learning alive as well even if you don't end up using it in your professional life which I'm sure you'll find a way to do um, because you're so passionate about learning it keeps you learning all kinds of things. I like that. Yeah, I, I found it's really important for me to give people permission to learn whatever they want, however they want. We come from a place where we're supposed to study full time until our mid twenties, and then work full time until we die. And like, well, but why? Like, why can't we have it all, right? Why can't we work and um, have fun and, and learn as just part of the equation? And and what I always tell a lot of people who are thinking, oh my god, like, is product management for me? Like, I don't know. Why don't you try it? You know, like you don't have to commit to a two year full time MBA program and spend over a hundred thousand dollars to then find out mm -hmm. <laughs> that you hate it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, um, you talked a bit about how difficult it was for you to get into product management. How did you eventually get into it? I got into it by building. So as a founder, I basically started um, two companies before product school. So I, I called myself a product manager or a product person and that's how a lot of people did it because i had no idea what product management was when i was doing it and at some point i had this aha moment thinking wait a second it seems like 
this sounds like <laughs> what I do on a daily basis. I just didn't know how to structure it. Yeah. So that was unfortunately the reality for a lot of product leaders these days. And I love asking that question because you will hear so many different stories. And now one more story that we're hearing is a lot of people went to went through product school. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So many people have a different path, but it all starts out the same way. They didn't know product management was a thing. And and it sounds like you're changing that, which I really appreciate. It's great. Yeah, and and I guess we're talking about like you know more more people are getting into product management. There's more resources now uh, than ever before to learn about it. Um, do you see like the role of product management evolving as it sort of grows as a discipline and as sort of an accepted practice within many companies? Oh yeah, it's huge, and I think if anything like during this pandemic, it got accelerated even more. I believe it's the best time in history to build digital products. And this is because a lot of the companies were forced to work remotely and, and figure out how to use technology to better collaborate. In many cases, a lot of those companies also were forced to start offering their services or products online and pay more attention to online as a distribution channel. And it's not just about building your own product. It's also about using different products out there, technology like like the tool we're using today for this interview, and then being able to, to, in, to put it all together to, to better improve the efficiency of your team. So the product manager role as a whole is being elevated to a very strategic point. In, actually, one thing that is happening at the top is that there's a, a role called chief product officer. This is amazing for all of us because back in the day, product used to be a sub-function of marketing or technology. They used to report to the CMO or the CTO. Now there's a CPO at the table, and in many cases, the CEOs come from a product background, so that's the ultimate validation. Another thing I would add to this is the product manager, the product team is made up of many people, not just product managers. Like when I started product school, yeah, we had to, people would assume that, okay, I can only be in the product team if I'm a product manager. But now we're seeing the evolution of this entire team, and we see product marketing managers, business analysts, uh, technical program managers, product managers, growth product managers, uh, platform, pro there are so many options, right? And, and it's growing and it's evolving. So I think it's our responsibility to also add more clarity and, and give people access to opportunity. Because from the outside, it's just hard to figure out all the different options and, and what's going on. As, and as Katie said, maybe you try and maybe you don't like it. And that's okay too. Do you think there's more awareness in general about the product management role. I think, you know, all three of us have said when we started out, we were unaware that product management existed. Do you think that is changing? Oh my God, but like crazy. And, and I can answer this with data. When I started product school, most of our students were engineers who didn't want to code like myself. Now it's all over the place. We obviously have uh, technical professionals, but we have business, marketing, customer success, operations, people from outside of the tech world, like real estate uh, attorneys, uh, and, and that's great. And I think that's democratizing access to opportunity and it's also making the teams more diverse. So I think that's another important point here. If we are building global products used by millions of people, I think it's important to have a representation of those type of users in the teams that are building those products. Absolutely. Yeah, when I when I started my career ten years ago in product management, I would tell people I was a PM, and they'd be like, "Oh, how did you get into project management?" And I was yep. like, "No." <laughs> and now I tell them I'm a PM, and they actually know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so it's I think, nice. I think that the role and the and that discipline and, and the recognition of it as a a, a legitimate function uh, has definitely changed uh, a lot from my perspective. 
Yeah, that's exciting. It's exciting when people know what you do. Yes, and, and it's really incredible when people, and you see a lot of CEOs, they call themselves product people. People call themselves builders. And I think that is amazing because regardless of your title, this is more of a mindset. And knowing that you can build something, you can use different tools to make it happen or to, it's, it's really, it's, it's that, that type of movement that I'm excited about. We obviously, our main users, our main clients are product managers, but now we're doing corporate training as well. And if we want to be part of that digital transformation that is impacting every single function of, of large organizations, I am trying to install that mindset across the board. So we're seeing how sales teams are more product driven now because they want to understand what they're selling. Uh, account managers or customer support, they also want to know exactly the source of the, the problems and why clients are reaching out to them. So I'm very excited in general about the future and how we are all thinking about building and creating value for the user regardless of our official title. Yeah, I feel like everything that I'm hearing now is is moving towards product-led development. So just, you know, all of the um, the software industry, tech industry seems to be moving in that direction. I think it's great. I think it's a very, very exciting time to be in product. Yeah, I see, I see a lot of companies describe themselves as product-driven companies now, which is interesting because I, I guess I'm just curious, like what, what was driving them before, uh, before that <laughs> tagline if they were in fact a selling question. a product? Yeah, I think the, the old mindset here, even though they wouldn't say it was more sales-driven organizations, where basically as a, as a client, you need to schedule a call with a human to give you a demo or show you a PowerPoint. And then you probably never use the product until you pay for it. And in many cases, the person paying for the product is not the actual user. So that, like, the entire process was extremely broken. And now we're seeing how some companies call themselves more product-led. And in, you know, in a nutshell, that means that they are living with product and they are showing the user the product. In some cases, they're letting them use it or even get it for free to a certain degree. So by the time that they are ready to get an upgrade, these are all of adoption and they are reducing the risk. And you know that this is something that people want instead of something that has been imposed from the top just because the CFO of one company is friends with the CFO of the other. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think has driven uh, this kind of increased demand for product management uh, within the companies? I think you said you, you've seen it kind of accelerated during COVID um, because everyone has access to this technology. But is, is there something else more fundamental you think that's going on that's driving yeah. product management in general? I mean, fundamentally, I think it's just pure access to information. And the internet is a huge part of this. Now, as a user, you can be much more savvy about what you want because you don't need to speak with, on the phone with someone to learn about a product. You can do your own research, right? You can Google what you want. You can read the reviews. You can see who of your friends is using the product. Like, you can get much more information about what you want than you can get by just asking the, the, the person who's incentivized to sell you something. And, and making the user, putting the user in the middle and giving them the power to to decide, to know that there are options that you don't just have to buy from the local store that you can use online to buy and that you can receive it in your in your door within hours. It's just fundamentally changing the way we behave. And I think as product people, that is a huge opportunity and a huge responsibility because we are competing now in a global marketplace, right? Where you can't just hide yourself. You really need to put yourself out there and really validate that your product is good, not just because you are saying that or your marketing is saying that, but because your your community and your users are saying that. You cannot you cannot trick that. With this 
increased need for product managers and increased awareness of product managers. I've always felt like one of the last things that a company sets up is a good product team. What are some of the mistakes that you see when companies are doing that setup process? Well, I can tell you a common one that I've seen, pers- I've, I've I made personally as a, as a CEO, as a product person. I'm very passionate about product, obviously. And when I started the company, Obviously, I was I was the product. I was teaching uh, a course. I was I knew everybody by their name, and, and I could control the experience pretty much from end to end. But as the business scales, you have to create some mechanisms to 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 grow, but also to deliver the same level of quality, if not more. So I've seen that a lot of product CEOs they have a hard time letting go, and and then creating space for other new members of the product team to also participate in the vision of the company, to really make more decisions. And it's just the only way you can really grow, which is by trusting others and and sharing that vision. Otherwise, it's just going to be your little pet project that you can control, but you don't really have all the time to to do a good job. And that's when those type of cultures tend tend to break. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, is there any other advice that you can think of that that you would like to just give product managers just in general? Only thing I would say, because this thing about giving advice is tricky, right? I can only say what works for me, but I don't want this to be like a commonly given advice. It's just now it's so awesome that you can build without asking for permission. If you don't have the title, or even if you have the title and you just want to, I don't know, create a podcast, create a website, even if it's just for fun, you can do it. It's a lot of technology out there in many cases it's free it doesn't require coding and obviously any other degrees to go out there and just and put something out and see what your users say and i think that that type of motion of like you don't have to wait you don't have to ask for for permission is really powerful so i would encourage anyone out there who's curious about building to just give it a try yeah i love that it's very inspiring thank you uh aaron anything else i think we've got a lot of great insights today um yeah just about, you know, where product management is going, uh, the fact that it is getting, you know, widely accepted as like an important uh, component of any, you know, company and, and organization. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I really appreciate uh, your time today, Carlos. I think I think we've learned a lot and I feel inspired, more inspired than ever to to kind of go out and, and keep learning. Yeah, same here. Um, it's it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, and I'm I'm so excited about all the resources that are available for product managers out there. It's so exciting. It's a much more exciting time than when I started out in product management. Kind of had to had to learn everything myself on the job while I was doing it. So it's, uh, it's really great talking to you. Same here. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And of course, if anyone wants to continue the conversation with me. I'm available. I'm pretty active on social media. So you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'd be more than happy to to continue. And and of course, thank you guys for also giving back to the community and participating as speakers at Product School. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, now we usually wrap up with saying goodbye in as many languages as we know, which is usually just Spanish for me. So adios. Au revoir. Adios. All right. Sayonara. Goodbye.